0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome
1: to 929, the weekly podcast that serves you some Monday morning inspiration and advice to help you win the week ahead. is a podcast from Fiverr, the digital freelance marketplace, and I'm your host, Ishan Akbar. Please make sure you listen to the end today, as I've got an offer from Fiverr that could make your week that bit better in whatever you're trying to achieve. Today, I'm talking to Shamil Taklad. Co founder of UK restaurant group Dishum.
0: Dishum is a group of restaurants that pay homage to the food and the culture of Bombay and the
1: old Irani cafes. Shamil launched Dishum in 2009 and it was an instant hit and has since had regular long queues outside their front doors. Shamil credits the use of poetry within business as part of his secret source to success. I think creativity is the means
0: by which we can connect on a aesthetic and emotional level with our customers and our team members. Creativity can create beauty, which can create connection.
1: Let's get into it with Shamil Taklar. I'm so excited to be speaking to you today, because Dishum is one of my most favorite restaurants in the country. Uh, And before we started, you very kindly gave me this wonderful goodie bag of poetry and a record, and I'm excited to delve into those. But let's start with Dishum. What made you want to start this amazing restaurant? I think, um, I mean, in
0: some ways, it was simply, you know, there was some commercial thing there. I felt like between Benares and the Curry House, there, there was something there that was missing for me, which is a way to access Indian food, maybe Indian culture in a way that was, you know, sort of different to what we had. But I think culturally, what I really was interested in is that the relationship between Britain and India is a very old one. And old relationships can be a bit complacent. And we might say it was historically a complacent, uh, sorry, an exploitative relationship. And that's a whole nother story, and an interesting story, right? But I always thought the British understanding of India fell into a series of cliches, you know, maybe Bollywood, Cricket, Curry House, Days of the Raj and Maharajas, but there's so much more to India. There's so much more to our food than curries. And for me, I wanted to take something that would, in our case, uh, taking the idea of a city and my relationship with Bombay is really important and, and me spend- spending time there as a child, but taking that idea of the food and culture of a city and bringing it alive and using this idea of these Ir- Irani cafes, which we think about quite a lot, these old cafes and the history of Bombay to showcase an entirely different food and culture and to say, wow, this is this is all the cool stuff. And to maybe wake people up to the fact that Baumbaji is a great food or Kima Pao, or, you know, masala omelettes in the morning. It's not, it's so much more than, than the stuff that we knew about.
1: One thing that's really great about your restaurants is you do feel like you've been transported into another quite unfamiliar world. And there is a real sense of creative exploration in your restaurants. Now, explain to me how creativity plays a part in your story and Disham's story.
0: I mean, my background is solidly not creative. You know, I I went through business school and was in a consulting company, and then they sort of bang you on the head until you're not creative at all. But I, I think for me... As we explored the idea of Bombay and food and culture, I fell in love with it. I discovered history. It opened up. I discovered that Bombay had a jazz scene or a rock music scene in the 70s. That, but So every time we opened a restaurant, I write a story. I imagine someone, and he or she becomes the protagonist, the owner of the restaurant. So, for example, in our restaurant in Kingley Street, uh, we invented a guy who came to London in the 1960s. He's very cool. He's much more handsome than I am. And he's, uh, he's, he's tall, um, has great clothes. Um, um, no yeah. mean
1: feet, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you.
0: You're, you're too kind. But he's really very cool. And he's here in London. His parents sent him over here to study something very dull, like accounting or law. Apologies to accountants and lawyers. <laughs> but he got fed up. And because it's the 60s, we find him tripping at sunrise on Primrose Hill and dancing at the Adlib with Gene Shrimp and David Bailey. And then he gets a telegram. Uh, and he's in Heathrow Airport, the Oceanic Terminal. And he's got a palm print of sadness on his chest, a telegram, which says, your father's dead. Come back. And his father owns a cafe. So we imagine him going back and oh, like taking over the restaurant or the cafe. And he knows all the people in the rock scene in Bombay. And we found the rock scene. We found the historian of the rock scene. We found all the people in the rock scene. We brought them to London. We made a record of their music. And the restaurant we've designed is as if he would design it, which allows us to do crazy things like have uh, copies of Jack Kerouac and Norman Mailer and Allen Ginsberg around and, and Rothko. And like, we invent his tastes. Um, and it allowed me also to translate whole sections of Sergeant Pepper into Hindi and write it on the walls. Right. And so all the Hindi graffiti says stuff like marijuana growing behind this cupboard door uh, or, or the entire lyrics. <laughs> I would Lucy love to see Scarlet someone get that timers, tattooed yeah. on their arm. <laughs> so we'd, we'd get to do all sorts. Of, and I don't know who reads this stuff. And I'd frankly just do it for me because it's good fun. For each restaurant, believe it or not, there's a 50-page design guide which goes through all the links, every single detail, everything on the wall, every even every strap on the ceiling or doorknob is designed from something we've seen in, in Bombay.
1: Tell me about the Dishim keyring. This, this feels like a little secret club you're letting me into. I discovered this when preparing for this show. Tell me about the Dishim keyring.
0: The Matka. So the mudka. The Matka is cool. Uh, and it's uh, if you go into a Dishim, and, and you, you, you lean over to your server and you say, can I have a mutka token? They'll bring you a little token. It's a different one for each one. Uh, for, for Carnaby, the restaurant we just talked about with music, there's a lovely little pe- plectrum. It's it's a gorgeous thing. It's brass. And then when you show it next time in, on a, on a sort of, you know weekday lunch or something, um, they won't bring you a bill at the end of your meal. Um, they will bring you a die or a dice, a die, and stick it in a brass pot, a brass pot being a mutka. Yeah. And you roll it. If you roll a six, you don't even get a bill. Right. Uh, so if you, if you hear cheers from across the restaurant, that's probably that.
1: Right, right, right. Let's talk about, you mentioned earlier that you had done quite serious jobs. You were a consultant, you did spreadsheets and all this, and then you unlocked a part of your creativity. And this is a story that's really close to my heart because I started my career in banking and wealth management and then eventually right, yeah, became yeah. a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us about how you unlocked it and kind of why, you know, why did you suddenly decide, yeah, I'm going to roll the die in the mudga and see if this is what I'm going to do?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, people thought I was an idiot. My dad, especially. I think he, he was a cool guy and had massive, I guess, belief in me. And, and he was a cheerleader and all of that. But I remember some of his friends were like, really, this is what he's doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I, I think that initially, you know, I'm sorry to admit that it was probably a bit commercial yeah, And then I fell in love with it. And then and then gradually discovered all of the heritage, discovered that, I mean, I'd spent a lot of time in, in Bombay with my grandparents in the 19, 1977, 78. A really interesting time. And we spent a lot of time there, a lot of time in India. And latterly, I think I've connected that trip with me gradually discovering that there was so much to be said, so much to be sort of talked about, articulated, put into design. And it it, it sort of formed itself into poetry for me. You know, it was beautiful. It was interesting. It was beautiful. It moved me somehow. And I wanted to share that. I wanted to express that. And to express it in food, music, culture, records. Even we've launched one restaurant as an immersive theatre
1: production. It's a, it's a real dream. Well, this is what's great. And what is so interesting is you mentioned the poetry that you discovered. In all the things you listed, you mentioned restaurant at the end, but really you mentioned the music, the, the artwork, all this stuff that makes Dishum great. Talk to me about how you've converted this poetry into your business and why it's important.
0: Well, why why does poetry move us? I I love lots of different poetry. I love Keats. Yeah, so why why does Keats move me? Because I think it's it creates an emotional connection with you, uh, and it's also beautiful. It's aesthetically beautiful. So something that moves you in that, something that really connects with with you and your soul, whatever that is. And I wanted to use the the ways in which I had gotten connected to my heritage. And, you know, we are here now as Indians and and South Asians, you know, this is, this is, this is our story as well. And I wanted to tell those stories in a way that would reach people, not, not just other people who are South Asian, but also people who are not South Asian, you know, who understood, who could then understand and come into this world, who maybe had another idea about India. And I wanted people to feel like even something as, you know, down home prosaic as a cup of chai. You know, everyone mm. has a cup of chai, a billion cups of chai, so in India daily. I wanted that to become cool, poetic, beautiful, and to hold up a chai glass in the way that you have to do from the top of the glass, unless yeah, you burn yeah. your fingers, you bring it to your mouth, and you smell the chai, and it's a bit hot, and you and, and, and you burn yourself, and you put the glass down. That's poetic. It, it's actually beautiful. But I wanted to see the poetry in that. And then to place that contextually in a beautiful restaurant, which reference all the different bits of Bombay, all the designs, all the artwork, uh, all the buildings we'd seen, Um, And then for you to come in and and, and listen to the music, right there, you're transported. And to me, that that feels poetic.
1: Shamil, thank you so much for your time on 9.29. Ishan, it's wonderful and an honor to be here. Thank you. What will you take away with you from this chat with Shamil? Was it putting an effort in the creative pursuits that customers may not immediately see, but will add to the experience of being associated with your brand? Here's something else to help your week go that bit better. Fiverr are offering listeners to this podcast 20% off their next order when you use the discount code PODCAST22 at fiverr.com. Try it today and enjoy getting more stuff done. Thanks so much for listening. Hit follow and I'll be back with you next Monday morning. Until then, have a great week.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.